This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy Steele. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. This is On the Block with Strickenbach right here on 93.7 The Ticket. The Wisconsin Badgers and Nebraska Huskers are tipped off now here uh, at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, for what it's worth, Chucky Hepburn already on the, in the scoring column. But uh, to start off, kind of a cool uh, side story for this game is that uh, Trey McGowan's back into the starting lineup for the first time, obviously, since his big injury. Uh, do you think that could provide a little bit of a spark for Nebraska today? Uh, I, I certainly think that he's uh, a better fit in that starting lineup than Casey Tamanaga. I've been saying it all, all year long. It's kind of tough to, to kind of have, have him pull it off as a wing player. Um, so Nebraska, of course, getting a little bit closer to full strength um, with uh, Trey McGowan's back in the starting lineup. What do you think, Strick? Oh, looks like, like we can't hear Strick. Okay, hold on one second. All right, go ahead. I sorry, we, we had a button. I said I can't believe you even said that. It's not even a question of whether or not it was better <laughs> for for Trey McGowan's to be in there to Tamanaga. I think you know him coming off the bench and being able to kind of change the the energy and the flow of the game and, and give him some shooting prowess. That 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 bodes better for him than starting the game. But they had to do what they had to do in order to fill that void while he was in his absence. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. Yeah, I mean, and obviously this hasn't been the ideal situation for Nebraska basketball with the Trey McGowan's injury, uh, Wilhelm Breidenbach out. Um, as much as we talked preseason about how hard it would be to, to fight for minutes, some of those positions aren't so stacked that you could lose, uh, you know, one of your bigs. You only really have three bigs now down to two, um, and, uh, you know, Trey McGowan's by far their best perimeter defender, uh, and they'll need that today against Wisconsin. So we'll keep kind of one eye on that game. We do have a post-game show, um, probably going to be – Tipping off or, or starting right at the end of our show here uh, on stricken on, crazy. on the block, yeah. So we might get uh... <laughs> this is crazy, bro. Like, uh, like we are literally having to kind of keep our eyes like uh, uh, yeah. what's going on because we we're part of the post game show as well, and you know both teams are starting off on fire, and so it's it's going to be a, a good look. And I, I I'm looking forward to kind of this format. I actually like it. I think it's it, it bodes well. It allows me to get some good sleep earlier. Oh yeah, <laughs> unless you're going to stay up for the women's game, which starts at eight. So that's a that's a that, that'll keep you up late. But hopefully, I think I'll record that one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> DVR is uh, is very good for us here. Um, and and uh, the other thing is Wisconsin basketball, women's basketball is not very good. So maybe Nebraska can get off to a, an early lead, and then you can feel pretty uh, comfy going to bed. We'll see. Um, but uh, obviously, both teams trying to get back into action after the long um, COVID pause for what. It's it's also worth uh, no players uh, like what was reported the other day are having to wear masks while they're playing.
playing. So uh, no distraction there for um, Nebraska basketball. I don't think it would have been a big deal either way, but um, it would have been a bit of a different viewing experience, I suppose, for everybody out there. Um, we'll continue to kind of give you a, an update about what's going on or have opinions just because it's kind of a cool experience we get here. We can't do play-by-play. -play, otherwise, uh, uh, I think the university will come after us. They don't want us doing that. They have the rights to play-by-play. -play, so uh, we'll just kind of update you. Maybe you can uh, watch the game and listen along with us as we discuss um, some of the other topics that we have today. But I did want to start with Nebraska basketball overall. Obviously, not this game, but big picture stuff um, is uh, is kind of been a big uh, topic of conversation because of Jimmy Watkins' article, a well-written uh, and informed article from Jimmy Watkins uh, of the Omaha World-Herald, um, kind of highlighting once again the problem for Nebraska to keep their best athletes in state for Nebraska men's basketball. They, you know, the, the, Whether it's Chucky Hepburn starting out there for the Badgers today, uh, Hunter Salas, Isaac Strout, you know, you're having these, these big-time names leave Nebraska. And it's not just a problem for Nebraska for what it's worth. Creighton also uh, could be, you know, right in that that category because they're recruiting at a, like a top 10 top level, you know, this past year and still weren't able to get those Nebraska kids. Um, I Whenever this conversation comes up, I just kind of go back to the fact that Nebraska basketball just hasn't been relevant for 20 plus years. So, I mean, that's the biggest problem that I always come back to is just when if, if you're because you got to think about it from, you know, kind of if, if you're the father in this situation, right? Do you, If you have an offer um, from Gonzaga and Mark Few, or you can take this chance on this Nebraska basketball team that hasn't been to the tournament in six years, you know, you look at your goals and, and, and individually and trying to come up, you know, it, it's just, it, it kind of just goes back to those kids too, kind of growing up when you watch college basketball at its highest level when you fall in love with the game when you when you you know those big time moments Nebraska just hasn't been in a lot of those situations so it's it's the it's the easiest thing to go back to but it's always to me the truest thing is uh, if you just if you're not winning games they're going to be looking elsewhere yeah I mean I, we talked about that not too long ago and that it, it was a significant thing for me and that you know Nebraska was was playing some great basketball with Rich King and that crew and Bo Reed. And you would see them knocking off Kansas regularly and you would, you would see them doing well. And I mean, again, they popped into the top 10, you know, the, the, the season before I happened to be in my recruiting, I chose early though. I really wanted to get out of the way early. Uh, that, that's why I made a decision my junior year. I wanted to be able to play my senior year of basketball and just be free of any, any distractions. I just wanted to be focused on the game and, and be able to play it at a high level. Uh, but I, I, I also say there was a period of time when Michigan was kind of down. They weren't necessarily uh, a perennial powerhouse at the time. And there, there was a, there was a group, um, there was a group of local kids that was Jawan Howard and Jalen and, Chris Weber and that crew, they got to having a conversation and they're like, yo, let's, let's, let's go down here. I mean, we know it don't look like it's the spot to be, you know, everybody's trying to go to Duke. Everybody's trying to go to Kentucky. Everybody's trying to go to these, these top programs and now let's go, let's stay home and let's go down here and we going to make a name for ourselves. It's going to take something like that. I think in, until Nebraska gets the pro program turned around, it's going to, it's going to take something where it's a group of kids that they're going to get together and they're going to say, we're going to create a legacy. They can, they can far exceed the legacy that we were able. We just wanted to set a foundation. You know, us guys, when we got together and, and put it together, we wanted 
to do some some top level things, which we were able to do, and that we won a big big eight championship uh, in the tournament. We won an NIT national tournament. Um, we went to the NCAA, and, and and we didn't win that one. So you know, that's the group that can come together and say, "Man, let's go down here and, and get in this NCAA and make some noise." And so that's that's going to take that next group to be able to kind of come together and do something at that level. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I think when you when you look at a lot of the things that probably have um, just kind of steered guys the other way for Nebraska basketball in the past is that there is this uh, there, there is kind of the, the money is involved right now. Not right now. Now it's it's uh, the program's not just kind of look the other way and, and we'll see what happens with Bob Devaney in a few years. It's it's Pinnacle Bank Arena. It's one of the better arenas, uh, you know, in, around the Big Ten. Um, so, you know, the, with the Hendricks facility, I mean, they've got very nice facilities. Um, now they've got kind of the coach that would bring you in and a Fred Hoiberg, and certainly he's been able to recruit um, well with his time here at Nebraska, just not kind of those in-state kids. And I just kind of remember talking to, to Greg Hepburn, the, the father of Chucky Hepburn. Um, it, the, the kind of thing that stood out to me was, was that he was saying that they recruited him really well and uh, kind of going through that Jimmy Watkins article, where they, were, they were the first to recruit him. That was under Tim Miles, so that could have um, you know kind of changed as well as that you have a coaching change through there um, but but that they didn't bring them in as a group and maybe that that would be if you're trying to get the the Nebraska players to kind of stick around is to get that feeling get that discussion going of hey we could really change the, this program in this state um, for a long time if we band together uh, and and can and can you know steer this program in the right direction um, that might be a, a pitch that they will probably try, try moving forward um, you know going on with uh, recruiting these guys but um, I guess just for, even for yourself, if you think about yourself being recruited to Nebraska, if it were today, would it be hard to keep you in state? Do you think, you know, because a lot of it has to do with kind of where the program is going. Like you said, at that, at the time you committed to Nebraska, it was heading in the right direction. Would you, um, even as an in-state kid, you know, kind of think about getting out of the state right now? And, and ultimately some people say selfish, but it's self-interest. Think about how, you know, what program's going to um, move you the best rather than just kind of being loyal to your home state. Well, I, I think I still would have considered it as an option. I think I still would have looked at it. Um, we talk about this on the show quite often. Some people may not hear it when I say it. They just may just listen to my words and just let it pass on. But I actually say that I'm an underdog competitor. Like, I am one of those guys that believes in the underdog. And I will. I, I, I would go and play for the worst of organizations. I mean, and, and even when I was playing with the Dallas Mavericks, when we were at the bottom of the barrel uh, in the Western Conference, my mentality was never a lose one. There was a created culture of losing that it upset me. Like, I was upset. So I still gave everything that I had and left it out there on the court being that I could be a change and I can advocate for that change. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, even at Bellevue West at the time, I mean, we, we had some, we don't, we don't have the same pedigree that they have right now, but we're part of the crew that helped to set the foundation of, of the building. That's kind of what I'm, that that's where my heart is. You know what I mean? Like um, I, I, I wasn't that guy that, was I come from that old school mentality. I wasn't that guy that was like, I want to go play for the Bulls. No, I want to beat the Bulls. You know, even when they won the 72 games, um, when they broke the record, 
we were one of the teams at Dallas that's that was one of them L's, you know. So that was kind of my mentality. It was always that for me. You know what I mean? Uh, if they say there's a Fab Five, I want to beat them. You know what I mean? I want to play against the best and beat the best. And even if we're the underdog, that's kind of what my mentality was. So a lot of people may not have the same heart. I think there is a group now that's like, I just want to go to Kentucky or I just want to go. I mean, I see that in football right now. Everybody and their mama wants to go to Alabama. I get it. I'm not, I'm not knocking those choices. I understand it. But at the end of the day, I'm saying me, I would be saying I'm going to Auburn and I'm trying to bust a, you know what, you know what I'm saying? Or I'm going, I'm going to LSU. I'm trying to bust a, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, the same mentality that you see from Trey Palmer. Right. Yeah, I mean... It, you see it, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and there certainly is that, too. And I don't want... You know, sometimes we kind of get in this conversation like it's it's generational or something like that. Bryce nah. McGowan's is here, right? I mean, he, he certainly had his choice to go wherever he wanted. And that sales pitch can work is that, hey, you know, if, if you make it happen, we'll... You're you're not just going to be one of the guys that we celebrate and and welcome back all the time. You're like the guy. Uh, the if you guy. make it happen, uh, we'll raise your jersey up in the rafters and all that stuff and and celebrate you as you go on to your next level. Um, whereas you know you might get lost in the All Americans at Kentucky or Duke or Kansas and all that stuff. So that part, I think that I mm-hmm. think that that uh, that can work. You know that recruiting pitch can work, and the, and that's ultimately what's interesting about this whole conversation is that Nebraska has been recruiting well. Um, I think that you would say as at least according to the rankings and some of the players that like the first five star of all time, you, you know, you're getting a, the, the Juco player, um, the be- number one rated Juco player and blaze Keita coming in next year. So, I mean, the recruiting um, hasn't been awful. It just hasn't led to wins. And that's kind of leads us back to this discussion. Do you think that, 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 that would help um, to have an, an element of a Nebraska born and raised high school player that cheered for the Huskers throughout his whole career? Um, or is it ultimately just getting the right guy? Cause there can be plenty of those guys, um, but you need, you, you know, ultimately you need the talent to kind of work together. Um, I, I think that it, it could help maybe in, in spurts or like, um, you know, in, in, in a minute way, but I don't know if like there's a, a bloodline of Nebraska basketball love that can like spurt it over the top. Um, and I, I think you just need the right players in the system. So I, I guess to I, me, I'm not I, I as think, confounded by their, their lack of in-state recruiting. Yeah. I, I'm not overly blown, you know, blowing that thing as far as that being the, the top reason or the top uh, thought process of what they need to do. I, I'm not definitely saying that. I think they definitely need to maintain some pieces and get some pieces. The reason why is, there was they those individuals that do have some connection to the state can be foundational pieces, right? They may be role players. That's what Bruce Chubbick was the likes of them. You know, Bruce yeah. Chubbick was that type of guy. Andy Markowski was that type of guy. Jason Glock, although all his accolades as far as what he did in the state and, and records that he broke. He was still that type of guy. He was a guy that you can count on. I remember when we played inter- when we played, um, uh, you know, nationally. We didn't have AAU, but we used to go to Vegas and we would compete. We we played against some of the best in in the country, and we dang near we took a Jason Kidd team to where they had to freaking have a falling down in the paint tip that just happened to go in the rim to beat us. You know what I'm saying? And that that takes we go to the Final Four if we win that game. Mm. And what it was is, you know, it was me, Andy, and uh, Andre Woolridge. It was 
uh, badge. It was um, Curtis Marshall. Don't, you know, we were the guys, but we would do our thing and boom, drop them off. And those guys was banging people's heads out, you know. So those foundational people pieces are important. They may not necessarily be the perennial stars that come through there, but they are foundational pieces that are important. And, and really, you just need one. You just need one, and then it can become a snowball process. I think what happened in the past is when, and I think it started with Barry Collier, kind of crept into Doc a little bit. It definitely was Miles. I remember when I was coaching, I was I was actually coaching, or I was coaching at the time, and I was you know trying to get on staff with Coach Miles, and and I, I literally had the ear of Kyrie Thomas and. Justin Patton's mom went to high school with me and, you know, I had these kids and I'm trying to sell him on them and he, he didn't have high regards on them. And then they turn out to be pros. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just sometimes they may see it a little bit differently than I do. And then I think the a call a rope situation where he kind of took his scholarship away or, you know, kind of passed on, brought him in, but then passed on him. It, it It's like a voice Genesis, right? What ends up happening is, that trickles down and people remember that, you know, they, mm-hmm. they remember what you did and how you did it. It was the same thing that I, <clears throat> people always wonder, well, what, you know, Dallas Mavericks won a championship. It's a great organization. Mark Cuban's one of the best owners of, you know, out there. Why aren't they getting the free agencies to come? Well, let me tell you, it was one situation that ended up happening. They win a championship. You have a guy that wants to come back. He wants to run it back in Tyson Chandler, you don't sign him. And then all of a sudden he goes on his merry way, signs a deal, plays very well. Almost, I think either almost won it or won the defensive player of the year thereafter. And then, and then uh, the conversation comes in for some top centers and they ask him the question, what's up with the Dallas Mavericks organization? Oh man, they really only love dirt. You know, they don't they don't really care about anybody else. Really? Okay. Now he's not taking Mark Cuban's call. You see what I'm saying? So you have those types of situations that happen. Same thing. You know, Steve Nash, you know, pay the man his money. You know, he's he's up for the bag. Next thing you know, he goes over to Phoenix and becomes the MVP, not once, but twice. You see what I'm saying? So then that's the problem. So now you're having problem landing. You're overpaying haphazard mediocre guys because you're trying to do something and that's how your foundation of your organization or university kind of falls off yeah and there seemed to be a disconnect with nebraska and omaha especially like you said during the tim miles era and part of that was because creighton did get those guys and they got them to the next level Um, but i think that that's another obstacle that that nebraska is going to face a long time um, i'm for for you know, for the rest of the you know, foreseeable future, as as long as Creighton is one of the best teams in the Big East, the Big East isn't just it, it's some throwaway conference. It's not the Missouri mm-hmm. Valley anymore. Um, so that, that's a major program that's not just not just like okay or whatever. I mean, they're, they're consistently better than Nebraska and more relevant than Nebraska. So, uh, and they've had success with Omaha kids. So that's the kind of conversations that can go down, trickle down, like you're saying and say, well, yeah, it worked here with that same coach. And, and, and here's why. And he always treated us like, you know, well, and, and so when I, if I think about a kid growing up in Omaha, especially over the last 10 years, they're probably tuned into Creighton. They're not, they're not, you know, why, why watch Nebraska basketball when Creighton's playing top 25 matchups and Nebraska can't get over the hump all the time. So, I mean, that sort of thing, um, as, as much as I love Creighton going to the big East and, and UNO moving up to division one and all that stuff. Um, it's, 
it, it does take away from Nebraska a little bit. And I know that's kind of an aged conversation, but um, like you said, it, there's that trickle down effect it, that it might not, it might be something that eventually Nebraska maybe does take a, a shot at an in-state kid over somebody else just to kind of repair some of those conversations um, moving forward. And, and maybe Hoiberg can, can be the guy to do that. But um, obviously it, it, it it's, I don't. I don't. Also think that if you, I mean, there's there's obviously great examples all everywhere of not needing in-state kids um, to win at the school that you're at. Um, so you know, I, it, it also. I mean, if they put together a, a good class and 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 you know, like they did, if they keep recruiting the way that they have. I don't think it's a big deal, but it is. It is something that's going to be difficult to get a guy out of Omaha. I think uh, you know, just because it, until they repair that that relationship uh and hopefully hoiberg will be the guys to do that uh we will uh we'll continue with this conversation here in a little bit but up next it's time for thirsty thursday with kevin meyer strick i know you've got your wine ready we've we're gonna get some wine and beer coming in here and we're gonna enjoy ourselves here on a thursday it's time for thirsty thursdays with kevin meyer that's coming up next here on the block <laughs> <laughs> 